0: good to see all of you here this morning. Um, you know, since we've gone through COVID and, and now have on-campus church and virtual church, there is a lot that happens behind the scenes each Sunday and even right now. We got a whole group of people in, in a back room running a virtual church and, uh, and doing all the production for this. Um, we have a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. And today, I was really grateful for that because this morning, just a moment ago, something happened that's never happened to me before, okay? So I'm going to tell you about it because I'm still a little bit rattled about it. So when I got done with the baptisms a moment ago, I went back into the uh, baptism room, prepping room, and there's a room, we have a bunch of individual rooms, and and my the room that I use has a door on it. And when I went to the door, it was locked with my Bible behind that door, my phone behind that door. And my clothing behind that door. And I began to panic because I had no way. I didn't know who to contact. I, I didn't, and my keys were behind the as Well, so I didn't know what to do uh, and stuff. And I was really beginning to prep for, I'm going to come out here in wet clothes and preach to you without a Bible uh, and all that this morning. But to the thanks of so many people that work behind the scenes, here I am <laughs> drying off. Dress, and I got my Bible and I want you to take them if you would turn to Galatians chapter 2 verse, uh, verse 20. So in life there are certain things that we, we celebrate on the front end. We look so forward to it, we're excited about it. And then we celebrate on the back end of those things. We, we know what to expect on the front end, we know what to expect on the back end. We look forward to both of those things. The holidays that were coming up are, are like that. All of us, man, even if you're Grinch or Scrooge, you anticipate with a little bit of eager excitement the beginning of the Christmas Thanksgiving holiday celebration. Like we're looking forward to it. I mean, it's just we need something different. We need also something normal in this season. And so it's kind of cool that, that we get to do that. We get to sing the songs that we always sing. We get to eat the music. We all, eat the food. We always get to sing. We get to, we get to see people and all that kind of stuff that we, that we want to. We get some time off. We always anticipate, look forward to those kind of things. But I don't know if you're like me. There's also another moment that I really look forward to and anticipate when it comes to the holidays, the end, when it's all over, and we get to return to life, and we don't have to sing the songs anymore, and we're tired of eating the food because we've gained all the weight, uh, we need to go back to work, we're tired of taking all the time off, and we get to do that. You know, sometimes we celebrate things, we know what to anticipate on the end, we know what we anticipate on the end, you know, uh, be, uh, the, the, the end. We are like that. You know, sports are like that. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in the middle of a football game, but we do know at the beginning of the game, there's going to be a lot of traditions that go on. Uh, There's going to be a a fight song that's sung, and we know at the end of the game, no matter what happened in the middle, there's going to be a school song that's sung, and kind of some traditions that go through that. Those of you who have ever been on a bad date, we have a lot of singles in here, and, and the bad date's the same way. Every bad date begins with excitement. You think it's going to be a good date. You're looking forward to that date. And then what happens in the middle after that is like disaster. And you're equally as excited about the ending of that date because it's not going not going really, really well. You know, when it comes to our walk with Jesus and the Christian life, there is so much anticipation, excitement, celebration around the beginning of that journey. And we sing about it. We sing about the the work that he's done. We celebrate it in believer's baptism and the testimony of the life change. And so often we think of the moment and the place and the time and the person we were, the transformation that took place, the excitement of of coming to know Jesus, the grace that we received in that moment. And we have a really incredible ending that we all look forward to and anticipate, right? We get to go to heaven, and we know that this is man, it's certain and sure, just as certain as it was, the, the promises of God at the moment of salvation, so too. We anticipate, we look forward, when everything gets better and everything's great, and we're done with so many other things, and we get to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. We we anticipate and celebrate the beginning, we anticipate and celebrate the, the, the end. It's the middle. That's the hard part. It's the middle that we don't know what to expect. It's the middle that we don't—we struggle through. We're in the middle right now, and this middle is, for any of us, is not the way you planned it on being. It's it's not exactly how you thought it would be. You didn't know what to expect, and the middle is different. Sometimes it has great moments, and sometimes it has bad moments. You know, we're not everything we thought we would be here in the middle. We know what we were and what happened at salvation. We know where we'll be. But what about the middle? I wanna draw your attention this morning to a, a verse of scripture, one verse, that I think summarizes the middle. Summarizes the victory of the middle, the hope of the middle, the help of the middle, the strength of the middle that we get. The joy of the middle that we have right now in our life with Jesus. A verse that you may know very well. It's the most well-known verse in the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. If you'll stand in honor of God's word this morning and listen to what Paul comes to as we've been walking through this book together, we come to this statement that he makes that he begins to really build on in the rest, but a significant statement helping us understand the middle. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us this morning through your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This single verse is perhaps the most Complete description, in a nutshell, of the Christian life. It reveals to us what Christ has done for us to enable this middle. What Christ does for us and what Christ has done for us from the beginning before the end. What Christ offers us now. To get us through this middle, this crazy changing middle that we're living at. What does Christ offer us? How do we live victoriously? How do we live with hope and peace and joy? How do we fight the moments that we face here in the middle? I think Galatians 2.20 gives us a very good explanation of understanding what we're in and where our strength comes from. And it's all about Jesus. It's all about what he's done for us. There's several things that Paul tells us and describes of his own personal life here in this statement of what Jesus has done for him, what Jesus has done for you to help you in the middle. And the first thing is this, he took something from you. He took from you. Paul says, "I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live." Now this verse along with, this verb along with all the other verbs here in this verse are of the passive nature. And so they speak of something, not that we've done, something that we've experienced, something that's happened to us. The action was taken by someone else. We're just simply passive in it. It's happened to us. This action's taken on us. What Paul is saying is Christ did this to me, not me. All of the action described in this verse is that way passive and that's such an important thing for you and I to understand just that right there that everything in your journey with Jesus everything here in the middle from the moment you're saved to the moment you spend eternity in heaven all of the power strength action that takes place is not you it's him you know what you call that grace grace It's not just that Jesus was crucified for us, but at faith, at the moment of faith, he has taken us to the cross with him and crucified us as well with him. And friends, that is a really good thing. In verse 19, just before this, we looked at this last week that Paul says, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I died to the law. And what Paul was saying is that, listen, death stops the dominion of obligations that we had before. Everything that held us captive, everything that controls us when we're alive stops at death. Death is a very crucial thing. You know, we often say when someone that we love is going through something That's terminal. Maybe they're facing cancer, maybe they're battling a sickness or something like that. One of the things that we uh, surround ourselves with hope about after that person passes away in their battle with whether it be cancer or something else is we say, well, at least they're not fighting cancer anymore. At least they're not suffering anymore. At least they're not in pain anymore. Why? Because they're not. Because the death has relinquished what they were facing. They're no longer held or controlled by what was killing them anymore. Cancer has no more obligation on their life. There is nothing that it can take any longer. They are freed from the journey that they were in. They were freed from what was controlling their lives before. Death is a significant thing because death is a freeing thing. And Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. I've died in my salvation. And that is such an important thing because there is so much in us that needed to die. So much that controlled us and held us down. So much that determined and dominated our life. And to be honest with you, so much that absolutely damned us. That dies on the cross. Paul says this in Romans chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Crucified with Christ, he took your life from you. You die at salvation, and that is a really good thing because before your life was dominated by sin. It was dominated by yourself. It was dominated by death. It was headed in a direction that was a determined eternity in hell forever and ever. But when you die with Christ, all of that ends. The dominion, the control, and the power of sin is released. From you, The cross of Jesus Christ does demolition on us and has broken the power of sin, the cancer of sin on our life. At the cross in crucifixion, pride is shattered, a heart of stone is crushed, and life is surrendered. So when God looks upon the cross and sees Jesus hanging there, He doesn't just see Jesus, but he also sees hanging there with him everyone that has come to faith in him. It's all of our crucifixions. When we trust Christ, we die. He takes this wretched, deprived, broken, shackled life and frees us from it. Nothing has power over you anymore because he took it from you. You have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. And he puts something in you. He takes something, but he puts something. Get what he put in you. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Of God. When Jesus dies, so do we die. But when Jesus lives, so do we live. And Paul says, It's no longer me living. I died. I've been crucified. The old Paul is dead. There is a new Paul, but this is not the old Paul. It's no longer me living. The resurrection life, listen, is not a reformed life, it is not a changed life. It is not an upgraded life, and it is not an improved life. It is an exchanged life. Paul speaks personally here. He is so dethroned. There is nothing about me that matters anymore. It's him living through me. I, when we give our lives to God, he in turn gives us a new life. Paul says this in Romans 6, verse 5 and 8, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will live also with him. Christ dies, so do we. Christ lives, now we do too. A new life, a resurrected life, a life that's not just different and unique and upgraded and and better, a life that is totally not yours, a life that is indwelled and empowered. Paul says, Christ lives in me, the risen Christ, living in him, living life through him. says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 10, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit of life, the spirit is life because of righteousness. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. See, he puts Jesus' life in you. He takes the old which was dominated and empowered by sin, and he replaces it, he exchanges it with the powerful, dominant person of Jesus Christ living in you. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Faith bonds us to a union with the risen Christ. There has been such a radical transformation When you come to know Jesus as Savior. If we would realize that. If we would realize what he has done. Through his death. He has also done. Through his life. That not only has he freed us. And forgiven us. And given us an eternity in heaven. But he also now lives life through us, that he's indwelled us. This is an important concept. This is an important doctrine of the gospel. Because this is why we don't need the law anymore. See, before we didn't have that, so we needed a list of rules. We needed to be guided, we needed a list of do's and don'ts, do this, don't do this, be this, don't be this. And ultimately we all realized we can't do that. But now that Jesus is living in us, now that he is empowering us, now that he is living his life through us, we don't need a list of laws to follow, we don't need a list of rules to follow. We need, because we have Jesus who's living through us to follow him, who guides us who strengthens us, who helps us. The law could not free us from sin. The law could not give us power over sin. So Christ crucified us, and he gave us his life, which is victorious over that. And so it doesn't need a law anymore. It's free. It's empowered. It's strengthened. It's directed. We have everything we need. We have the power, the victory, the ability to live like him as we let him live through us, which is our problem. Many of us are still trying to live the law way. Do this, don't do this. Be this, don't be that. Thinking that if we perform, then we'll impress God. If we perform and do it all right, that's the blessed life. That's how you get God to work for you. we got to realize that God's pleasure in you is never based on your performance. It's based on Christ's performance for you. And even the good works that you do are still a result of his performance in you. Don't take credit for what Jesus did. And don't think that you must do in order to be right. the life I live is no longer me. It's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, he says, I live by faith in the Son of God. Paul was throwing everything. I am dependent upon him completely. It's not just that I depend upon him in this moment, which we do. We trust him for our salvation. And all of us who've been saved are also trusting that he's going to fulfill his promise for us for heaven. Like we're, we have faith at the moment of salvation, that he's going to save us from hell. But we also have faith at the moment of death that he's going to give us heaven, that he's going to fulfill that promise to us. Let me tell you something, friends. In this middle, it's no different. That's what Paul says, the life I live, I live by faith. I was saved by faith. I will die by faith. But every day, every breath, every moment, every season, everything I walk through, I also live by faith in the Son of God. Because just as it wasn't dependent upon me for my salvation, and just as it's not dependent upon me for my heaven, listen, it's not dependent upon me for today. It's not dependent on me for this temptation I'm battling. It's not dependent upon me for this moment of of grief and difficulty I'm walking through. It's not dependent upon me for this problem I'm going through. I live by faith in Him. Christ, live in me. Christ, get me through this. Christ, show me the way through this. That is the power. That's the victory. It's not in your performance. It's in Christ's performance for you. He is our holiness, our purity, our power over sin, our joy, our love, our peace, our satisfaction, everything we need for every single moment by faith in the Son of God. He took from you. He put in you. And he gave for you. Who loved me and gave himself for me. So often times when we read the scripture we don't don't think of the personal note that's mentioned here. Paul is using first person here. He's not just talking about this doctrinal theological concept. He's talking about a personal truth. This is very personal to him, and listen, it ought to be very personal to you. All, all this that Jesus did, but, but specifically what who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, it, it is true, and, and it, is, it is absolutely true that God loves the world, right? For God so loved the world that the gospel is driven because God has love for all people. That God loves everyone, that Jesus died for everyone, and there's not a person in this world, no matter who they are or where they are, there's not a person that God didn't die for through Jesus Christ and that he can't save. He did it for everyone. He did it for the whole world. It's a big love. It's a truth that the gospel is for everyone, but, but I don't want you to get lost in a truth that's really far, and truth that's really grandiose and big, because it is, it is. It's for everybody. But it's also for you. It's very personal. God loves me. Jesus loves me. And he gave himself for me. You know we sang that those of you that grew up in a church we sang that as a little kid but sometimes the repetitiveness of it and the drudgery of life and the coldness that grows in our hearts we we forget the unique specialness of that that it's not that God just loves everyone God loves you he loves you more than he is passionate about you and He gave Jesus for you. Jesus went to the cross for you. He went to the cross for the sins of all mankind, yes, but he also went to the cross for your sins. It was very personal to him, your sins. It was very personal to him, your future. Why? Because he loves you. And he's incredibly passionate about you. Don't lose the closeness and the personal side of salvation. That Christ loves you and passionate about you, has a purpose and plan for you, and that this middle, he saved you from hell, he is saving you for heaven, but this middle, listen, he is indwelling you. He is living in you. which gives meaning and purpose and it gives power that I can face what I'm walking through that I can defeat what what pulls me down that I can become something more than the world could ever make of me because Christ is living in me you and I can get the middle right The middle can be incredible. Listen, it's incredible we were saved. It's incredible we're heaven. But listen, we don't have to wait for incredible because the middle can be that now. If you realize what God has brought into your life through Jesus, that he took you away, that he put himself in you, and that he did it all for you, that he gave his son for you. We don't obey to get something from God. Listen, we operate and live and obey because of what he gave for us. The middle. We need to realize it's just as sweet as the beginning and it's just as great as the end. You can have it now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for everything you've done for us in Jesus. There isn't anything that we offered, there isn't anything we brought to the table from the beginning to the end but even right now forgive us for leaning and rely, relying so much on our own power our own strength, our own understanding when it's Jesus living in us help us to understand and realize that the sin that we fight if we've come to know Jesus it's him fighting it for us that the difficulty that we walk through and the questions that we have and the the mysteries we face and the frustration that we go through and the heartache and the it's Jesus living in us. It's literally not about us because this is not our life. That life died and we have one with you now that you're living, which gives us purpose. Thank you for that, Lord. And help us to think that way, to live that way. When our feet hit the ground, help us to know it's not just us who just hit the ground, but Jesus living in us. And I pray for those, Lord, here today or watching online who, who've who not come to the place and point in their life where they've trusted Jesus. They don't have that indwelling yet. They haven't even started. They haven't even gotten to the beginning I pray, Lord, that you'd break their heart this morning and that you'd save them today, that they would trust in you this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The exchanged life, there's nothing like what Jesus does for us and gives for us, gives to us uh, through what he's done on the cross. Our lives completely transformed. If you haven't gone through that transformation yet, if you haven't come to know Jesus as your Savior, you are missing out. You've got to do this. Would you do that today? We would love to visit with you about that. Here on the screen is a number. And if you'll text the word Jesus to that number, someone from our pastor and ministry team will reach back out to you and would love to walk that journey of knowing Jesus with you uh, this morning. Wherever you're coming to us from, whether this is your first time, whether you've been joining us for some time, or whether you're part of the First Charlotte family, whoever you are, we're glad that you worship with us. And we also, before we leave, want to invite you uh, to, to be a part of what's happening next Sunday, Thanksgiving together. Uh, many of you are staying home in the midst of this. And we honor that. We respect that. We are glad that you're joining us through this avenue online. But we would love to invite you to lunch next week. It could be just that you're going to go through the drive through Uh, Place your order online and then drive through. We'll have a Thanksgiving meal ready for you next Sunday if you'll do that. Or if you want to join us for that time, we'd love to have you. As we get ready to celebrate Thanksgiving with our families, we're going to spend just a moment in a safe way and celebrate and give thanks to God for all the incredible things He's done for us next Sunday. Don't miss it. We love you and we will see you back next Sunday.